Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available pro-access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. An available Pro Power onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on it on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Yeah, Krampus, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Remember being worried about being beat with a stick by a face-licking half-goat-horned Christmas demon who might throw you in a sack and then take you to hell if you didn't get your shit together by the holidays? No? Well, then you probably didn't grow up in Austria or Germany or the Czech Republic or, or somewhere else around the hills of Bavaria. I'm sure you know about St. Nick, jolly old soul, bringing holiday joy and cheer and merriment to all the good boys and girls of the world every Christmas Eve. And now by the end of this episode, you're going to know everything you need to know about Santa's dark, Germanic, demonic, underworld living pal, Krampus, in this dark, strange, and even festive edition of Time Suck. You're listening to Time Suck. <laughs> Now, I, I hadn't heard about uh, Krampus, Krampus. He gets called both. I'm going to call him Krampus for this episode. And uh, you can say, like, well, actually, he's... Shut the fuck up. He's, he's you know, he's, he's, a, he's folklore. He can be Krampus or Krampus. Uh, but I hadn't heard of Krampus. Uh, I guess I'll say Krampus. I, now, now, now that I'm saying that out loud, I like the, I like the ring of Krampus a little better. But I, I hadn't heard of him until very recently. A listener, uh, Jeremy Judd, actually recommended uh, him to me on Facebook. Uh, he had also recommended a previous episode that I did. Um, but I actually had been thinking about him before. I think I heard about him at, like, uh, for, for some friends or something. And when I was thinking about doing a, a holiday episode, I wanted to find a fun angle on it. I didn't want to just do the traditional, you know, just the origins of, of Santa and, uh, and Christmas like I did with Halloween. And, and then I remembered this, this Krampus fella, and I was like, I, I got to find out more about this guy. And the second I read, you know, the finished, like, the first paragraph on him, I'm like, okay, this is definitely Time Suck material. And, uh, and by the way, quick, quick thank you to all the new Time Suckers. Um, I put out a little blast on uh, Pandora, 
and you responded. Uh, thousands of new listeners, so I'm very, very uh, excited about that. I, I hope you're liking it, and um, yeah, I'm just excited to, to keep this kind of train moving along down the tracks, hopefully keep making it better. The more listeners I get, uh, I might actually be able to uh, uh, monetize it on some level someday, and the benefit there for you is I can increase the quality. I don't know, maybe uh, actually have a, a, a studio to record in, you know, get the sound that much better. Maybe have an, have an assistant someday to help with this research because I, ah, oh, I love it. But Jesus Christ, I was up, I was up to like one in the morning last night uh, and I'd already done a bunch of research because I couldn't stop watching fucking Krampus videos because it's insane. And I just couldn't believe I didn't know anything about this. And I just, I spent uh, for this, you know, roughly half an hour episode, a lot of hours, <laughs> a lot of hours this week. Uh, uh, you know, my wife's like, what are you doing? This, I'm like, yeah, it's Krampus. All right. And then. She saw a video and then freaked her out. She's like, all right, don't talk to me about it. So she will not be listening to this episode, I don't think. I think she's going to check out on this one. Uh, I didn't realize that three Krampus movies came out um, in 2015 last year. There was, uh, I don't know where, where, where I was for all this. There was actually, uh, one was a feature film, like a major theatrical release, just called Krampus, uh, starring Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Ketchner. I love David Ketchner. Uh, and uh, grossed almost $62 million at the box office. On a $15 million budget, you know, 65% fresh rating from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, which is good for a horror movie. Horror movies usually just get fucking trashed on there. And, and then there was another one, uh, a Netflix one, uh, Krampus the Reckoning. Uh, zero critics rated it on Rotten Tomatoes. 14% of the audience liked it. Produced by Funhouse Features uh, and, instead of Universal, like the previous one. And um, it grossed approximately $0 on however much the executive producer was able to wrangle from manipulated relatives uh, and to give him money for that piece of shit. Uh, it looks fucking absolutely terrible. Like, I, I, I don't mind a low-budget horror movie, but it looks... As, like, you might actually just want to watch, if you have Netflix... No, actually, just go to YouTube. Check out a, a clip from it. The CGI is so terrible. Like, I, I don't know anything about CGI, but I'm confident, given, like, a two-day weekend seminar, I could create better special effects... Than, than the special effects used in that particular movie. It's fuck, it looks so bad. Then there, a third, uh, there was a third one that I actually did watch. Uh, I wanted to watch. I, I want to watch Krampus still, uh, the main one with Adam Scott and Tony Collette and all that. It looks actually looks pretty good to me. Uh, and the clip I played in the cold open that actually comes from that movie. Uh, he comes to take. Uh, but it's one of those shitty things where like it's on Cinemax. I don't have Cinemax. And so you can't rent it on Amazon. Amazon wants to trick, like, you know, it's like, hey, watch this movie with a 30-day fucking free trial to Cinemax. I'm like, no, because then that's going to turn into me paying for Cinemax for six months because I forgot that the free trial expired and uh, I haven't watched Cinemax, you know. I'm sure there's there's good programs on there. but I think, like, Banshee and some stuff that look pretty cool. But I already got Netflix and HBO plenty to watch. I think of, I think of Skinamax. When I think of Skinamax, I think of jerking off to soft porn at two o'clock in the morning when I was 13, you know, because we had it and my mom didn't realize what kind of shit was on through the middle of the night. Luckily for me, um, but, uh, but anyway, I, I did watch a Christmas horror story, um, which is an anthology horror movie also in 2015, William Shatner's in that one. And so it's like four little tales woven together all about uh, Krampus and Santa, and it features if, if a fantastic fucking showdown, uh, like a fight scene 
between an old Santa Claus and the demon Krampus. And, and there's a bunch of other shit uh, you can find on there. Uh, American Dad did some Krampus uh, stuff back in 2013. Uh, I'm going to reveal later that Anthony Bourdain <laughs> uh, did a, a, a Krampus kind of a animation thing. It, it's crazy. Um, there was also uh, another movie in 2014, Krampus, The Christmas Devil. Terrible film on Amazon Video. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so, so who are, so what is Krampus? You're probably wondering, I'm talking all these movies. Okay, here we go. Krampus is traditionally depicted as a goat kind of human hybrid. Like, to me, he looks like an evil version of the Greek god of the wild pan. Like, you know, horned human head. Uh, so he's got goat horns kind of coming out of his forehead. He's got a, a human torso. He's got, he's got goat legs. Occasionally in some old pictures, he has one human leg, one goat leg. But, but for the most part, uh, he's got, you know, full on, full goat Let's just say full. He's got, he went full goat uh, below the waist, uh, fangs, long forked tongue. He likes to kind of like a long, uh, yeah, like a long creepy forked tongue. He likes to roll out. Sometimes he likes to lick kids' faces. Fucking weirdo. Uh, and the face uh, of kind of Satan is is the, the modern Krampus. He just looks like a yeah. He looks like a fucking demon. And he and he's and he's draped in chains. He's almost always draped in chains. He. Uh, he, which I guess comes from like, you know, some Christian, early Christian symbolism of uh, being, you know, bound to, in hell, like bound to the underworld. That's why, where the chains come from. So he's dragging chains around. That's scary. You know, think about it as a kid, you hear some chains being dragged down the hallway. You're like, oh, fucking Krampus is coming. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and he has like a, um, he has a sack on his back, like a, like a wicker basket type of thing. And you're going to find out what he puts in there. And then he has uh, like a whip. Like a like a wicker, kind of like a, like a, it's like horse hair, and uh, I'll get to it in a little bit. Some kind of some kind of stick, birch. There we go, like birch birch stick. And uh, and so so what he does is he he shows up uh, on usually with Saint Nick, and we're gonna we're gonna dig into that. You know, we think of Christmas here in America. Uh, I had never even heard of Saint Nicholas Day until two years three years ago, because uh, my wife her mom is one hundred percent German and Catholic. And St. Nicholas Day is a, is, a, is a Catholic holiday and, and kind of where Christmas can, comes from, if you, if you trace it back. But it's like on December 6th. So in a lot of European countries, you know, when they, they weren't celebrating Christmas, some places still don't necessarily celebrate Christmas. They celebrate a very similar, like the, the original kind of Christmas, if you will, St. Nicholas Day on December 6th. And that's where kids get some toys if they're good. And on December 5th, the night before, St. Nick's Eve, that's when St. Nick uh, brings uh, the fucking toys. And in a lot of the Germanic parts of the world, he wasn't alone. Uh, <laughs> he, he had his uh, helper, kind of. Nah, I, I wouldn't say they were friends by what I've read. They're, it's not like they were buddies, but they. Um, but basically, like, uh, Krampus was the yang to St. Nick's yang, where, like, St. Nick is, 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 a, is literally a saint in the Catholic world, and he's fucking good, and he's the patron saint of kids, and, you know, and he's, and he's bringing toys for the good kids. For the good kids. But if you're a bad kid, Krampus is his counterpart, and he, you don't want to fucking, you don't want to hear his hoofs in the hallway. You don't want to hear those chains. Because he, uh, he might literally take you to hell. That is part of, that is part of the Krampus legend. Uh, bad kids, he fucking beats him with his birch stick, whips him, uh, and then sometimes he like licks their face. That's never really fully explained. I read, I've read a lot of fucking shit about Krampus, and there's never like, uh, here's why he would, he would lick people's faces. There's just pictures of him licking kids' faces. I guess just for the sheer terror of it. 
to have a demon lick in your face before you're going to get whipped. Or, or, or it actually might come because sometimes he eats kids. Uh, in some parts of the legend, he eats kids. So maybe it's just like, you know, he's getting warmed up, so wants to lick a little bit of face before he, before he throws him in his sack and takes him back for, you know, uh, an underworld snack. So, so that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the gist of who this guy is. I'm like, where does this come from? And, and, and the origin of Krampus is, uh, it's, it's Germanic, uh, as is the word. Krampus comes from the high German word krampen, which means claw. I'm probably pronouncing that horribly. Krampen, krampen, whatever the fuck. Uh, but it means claw. And according to like Norse mythology, Krampus is the son of Hel, H-E-L, one L, the goddess who rules the underworld in kind of some Norse pagan, uh, you know, traditions. And, and no one knows the exact time or place the myth began, but we do know uh, it's, been, it's been told in various forms, this legend of Krampus in the Alpine re- regions of Austria, Germany, uh, Hungary, Slovenia, Czech Republic, the whole Bavarian region for at least a few hundred years, possibly going back to uh, even pre-Christ is what some historians believe. And, uh, and, and right now on this too, like as I tell the story, again, if you're like, uh, I don't know, actually, he does this or he does that. Well, nobody fucking knows, because it was it was an oral tradition, right? Like, um, there's various versions of Krampus, because it was uh, Bavaria was very regionalized in, in medieval times, in pre-medieval times, and so a lot of people didn't, like, leave their village. So he was kind of like just this boogeyman. It's like, you know, word, word would get around, kind of like the telephone game, rumors of Krampus, but then... You know, each little village, they kind of, those people talk in their little mead hall or wherever the fuck they're hanging out with their families. And, you know, and because no one's writing shit down, the story kind of shifts and stuff. And then each little village kind of comes up with their version of Krampus and then passes that version down. So there's, you know, a lot of variations about who this guy was. And because some some versions he's more pagan, some versions he's more Christian. Some people, you know, it's, it's hilarious to me that you go on YouTube and you watch these these Krampus videos and just grown-ups are like, well, actually, fuck, you're wrong. Krampus is not demonic in origin. He, uh, he's actually part of the Norse mythology. And then other people are like, well, Krampus is actually satanic. And shut the fuck up. He's, he's made up. Arguing over uh, Krampus' ex- exact origins is as stupid as arguing over like the, the uh, longevity of leprechauns or, or the height of Sasquatches. You know, which I'm sure some fucking idiots are out there doing. Actually, uh, Sasquatch is between uh, six six and eight feet six. Uh, if you knew anything about uh, <laughs> shit that's not real, a- actually, uh, leprechauns uh, do not live. <laughs> they do not live longer than 150 years. What you think a leprechaun lives 200 years? <laughs> what fucking parents' basement are you hanging? Because my mom told me, I don't know. Fucking a lot of stupid nerds arguing over a lot of dumb shit on the internet. Uh, so anyway, fucking Krampus, there's, you know, various versions is what I'm getting at there. I got a little worked up there about uh, all the, I, just, I was just reading way too many troll <laughs> comments on YouTube. They always get me fired up. Just the shit that people uh, argue about. So anyway, the more I kind of like started to dig in about, you know, Krampus, I, I started to wonder, well, how does how does this how did he get like associated with 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 Santa? Like like these new movies, it's Santa Claus, like in the uh um a Christmas horror story, it's Santa versus Krampus. And so I'm like, well, how did these two get paired up? 
And so in order to figure that out, I realized I got to learn more about actual uh, Santa. Like, where the fuck does Santa come from? I don't know. I, I realized I don't know shit about uh, Santa. I didn't, even, I didn't even know about St. Nick, the, the real St. Nick, until a couple years ago because I wasn't raised Catholic. Um, yeah, so, so here's, here's Santa. Let's, let's get into Santa, and then we'll, as we learn about Santa, we'll go back into to, to Krampus. Krampus. To Krampus, Krampus. To Krampolopolis. I don't know what it's, I don't know how to say words. I do know how to say St. Nick. You can't mispronounce that. N-I-C-K, Nick. Rhymes with dick. Can't fuck that one up. I hope. Um, okay, so the story of Santa can be traced back uh, to an actual dude. St. Nicholas, he was a real guy. He was born sometime around 280 A.D. I say sometime around there because they didn't have you know, regular hospitals with you know, perfect birth records. But he was born in uh, Patera, Lycia, which was part of the uh, Roman Empire like modern-day Turkey, just a little east, you know, a little south of the Alps region where old Krampus got going, where his hoofs were fucking stomping around, torturing kids and shit, whatnot. Uh, apparently, uh, St. Nicholas fellow, he was born into a wealthy Greek family, and he was the only son in this family, so jackpot, hello, trust fund. And he was set financially, and his parents died when he was young, uh, and he was raised by his uncle, uh, who was a bishop in the early days of the Roman Catholic Church, which at first sounds super sketchy, right? Who wants to be raised by a lone uncle who's also a Catholic priest? Sounds like a good recipe for some diddling. Uh, but I think this was an era, you know, before the, the Catholics uh, had, you know, found it to be fashionable for priests to molest kids. This was pre when that was fucking... <laughs> it wasn't cool yet for the priests to uh, stick their fingers in kids' buttholes. Uh, <laughs> there's probably so many, uh, so many Catholic friends who'd be like, fuck, fuck you, dude. Shut the fuck up. There's plenty of priests who don't molest kids. Okay. So, but, but he apparently, there's no stories of him being molested. I don't know. I don't even know why I need to clarify that. That's just in my head. I, when I hear, sadly, when I hear priests, I think, man, who's, who are they molesting? It's all I, I, still, man, ever since fucking what it was the 2001, 2002 and all that shit came to light. That's all I can think about. When I think about, you know, priests raising boys. But his uncle was a good one. And, uh, and his uncle kind of, you know, uh, raises him in the church. You know, not surprising. You know, he's, he's a bishop. Uh, he's going to be raised in a religious household. And, uh, and he takes to it. And he follows his uncle's footsteps. And St. Nick uh, uh, goes into the church as well and also becomes a priest. Uh, he's ordained. And then later a bishop himself. And by all accounts, super cool dude. Extremely nice, extremely generous. Uh, hard to find a bad word about St. Nick. Uh, I, the only thing I read that was even slightly negative is he, he punched some dude at the Council of uh, Nicaea when they were working some shit out with Constantine about the Bible, uh, some religious argument, and he got so worked up that he, he, he punched some quote-unquote heretic. So, you know, you don't fuck with St. Nick about, about God, or you might get punched in the face. Other than that, couldn't be a nicer guy. Could not be a nicer guy. And, and there are numerous stories floating around uh, of him using his family wealth to, to help those who are less fortunate, especially kids. You know, there was some story, there was like a famine in the city he's living in, and he and this like uh, ship of, of grains comes, and he wants to give all the grains to the poor, and they're like, well, yeah, because this is our, this is our stuff, you got to fucking pay for it, you can't just... And then there was something where like he did pay for it, and then dispersed it to all the poor, but then also magically the, the sailors 
grain was like restored, so they were able to like give all this get all this grain to the poor people, and then still have a, even more to sell. So, so, some some kind of story about that. Uh, the most famous deed associated with him is there is there's a dad in the city he's living in that has three daughters, and the dad is very poor. And I, apparently in the 4th century, uh, in this part of you know Lycia, in this part of the Roman Empire, if you had girls and, and you didn't have enough money for a dowry and you couldn't get them married, there was basically one other option. They were going to be prostitutes. So it was, either your, it was either wife or prostitute. And even if you weren't a prostitute, everyone just thought you were a prostitute. Like if you were a 30-year-old woman not married, they're like, well, she's a fucking whore. I mean, I, I, that was sadly the reality of that day. Uh, St. Nick felt bad for this dad. And so the legend has it that he he tossed three gold bags of purses, you know, of gold coins over the wall of this guy's property, and then uh, one for each girl, a dowry for each girl, so that the dad could then, um, you know, uh, get him married. And and he did, and he tossed them over because he because he didn't want he didn't want to. Uh, uh, have the guy feel guilty or have the guy feel indebted to him. He just wanted to do it in secret. But word got back uh, to St. Nick that the dad had found out that he gave him the money. And then St. Nicholas was, I guess, apparently like, well, just don't tell anybody. I don't want, I, you know, you don't need to, you don't owe me anything, blah, blah, blah. Well, word does get around that he had secretly, St. Nick, uh, or, you know, he's not saying it this time. He hasn't died yet. But that Nicholas had, had the bishop had given him this money. And so then the word travels around where basically anytime anyone has given uh, a secret gift, it, they assume that, you know, the Bishop Nicholas was the one who did it. And then, you know, because and he does numerous other generous things, uh, so many things that after, he's, after he dies, uh, he's, he's uh, you know, put into, he becomes a saint. Uh, he's given the title of Saint Nick, and he's the patron saint of sailors and uh, of kids. And uh, anytime somebody gets, again, a gift in secret, it's like uh, they think that St. Nick was giving them that gift. And, uh, yeah, so if you're, you know, if you're, if you're a kid back in uh, medieval times and Christian, you know, and pre-medieval, you know, the, the shortly after he died, you know, St. Nick was your dude. If you're, if you're a sailor and a kid, St. Saint, Saint Nick was definitely your dude. Like if you're some kid out in the high seas and the waves are getting rocky, St. Nick is your fucking go-to to pray, to pray towards and then if fucking pirates get a hold of your ship and, and kill all your crew and then, you know, and fucking rape you and make you walk, walk the plank and you're floating out there in shark-infested waters, you don't hate anyone more than St. Nick. You're like, motherfucker, you really hung me out to dry. Um, but anyway, it's this secret gift-giving uh, thing attributed to St. Nick that leads to the whole Santa Christmas stuff eventually. Um... Yeah, because because and, and actually some other kind of things we do now come from Saint Nicholas, where there were, there's various again these oral traditions back then. There becomes various, you know, versions of how he gave this this dude the money. And in one version, when he threw one of the bags of gold over the wall, it landed in one of the daughter's stockings, which she was like drying out on a clothesline, essentially. And so that's where stockings come from. That's fucking that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. I had to dig deep to find that. I had no idea that that's. Uh, from what I gather, the origin of, of uh, Christmas stockings. St. Nick tossing his bag of gold. It's pretty kind of funny, you know? Some daughter trying to get married. She's washing her stocking out there and hanging out to dry, and then, and then that becomes like a kid's Christmas stocking, you know, through the years. And, then, and also the chimney thing uh, also comes from St. Nick, where in another version of the story, he tossed one of the bags of gold uh, down the chimney of this, guy's, of this guy's house. And so that's why St. Nick comes down the chimney. Fucking pretty crazy. 
And another weird, I don't know if anybody else has heard of this. Uh, maybe email me if you have. I didn't know this was, uh, if this is a thing. I couldn't find uh, a lot of info on the web, but my, uh, apparently I'm into Germans. My ex-wife, uh, also uh, half German, just like my, my wife, and my ex-wife family uh, had a tradition of they'd put an orange in, in the stocking. I don't know if I'd never heard of that one before. Like there would be candy or, you know, gifts, whatever, but everyone would get an orange. And apparently uh, that goes back to St. Nick as well, where there was these, you know, you know, paintings or whatever of St. Nick. Early, and, and he had three gold orbs, uh, you know, that he has in the paintings associated, you know, to, to symbolize, I'm sorry, the, uh, the three bags of gold. Well, in some of the paintings, these orbs look like fucking oranges. People thought, <laughs> you know, other people were like, ah, that's cool. He's got, he's, he's got some oranges. Look, look at him, look at him with his oranges. I don't know why they would, how they would misconstrue that, but probably because you know people didn't see oranges all the time. Maybe, maybe the gold paint you know took a little bit of an orange tint, and it's a ball, and they're just like, ah, look at that fucker with his oranges. That's that's cool. And then it became like you know this magical symbol because people kind of gave him these magical qualities of being a saint and being able to sneak down your chimney and give you secret gifts. And he was also magical enough to get fruit uh, in Northern Europe in the winter, which is you know. Not a fucking easy thing to do. They didn't have Trader Joe's or grocery stores shipping that stuff in, you know, keeping it year-round. And if you could get an orange in Germany, you know, in the 5th century, in the winter, you fucking knew some shit. You were a a clever motherfucker. And so uh, that's where that that also is traced back to St. Nick. So how did he become Santa? You know, and this is is all fascinating to me. I had no idea. Turns out uh, Santa, as we know him, American in, or, in origin, very heavily. So here, here we go. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna run through this. 15th, 16th, 17th centuries, Europeans are bringing their, their, their these Catholic Europeans are bringing their St. Nick kind of sell it, you know, uh, versions. And basically St. Nick's, you know, day is like, you know, uh, uh, December 6th is St. Nicholas Day. And then on December 5th, like, like my wife, she puts, you put out shoes. Or instead of, some people do stockings, some people do shoes. I don't know exactly why shoes, but you put them out uh, like in front of your door of your bedroom on December 5th, that night, and then, you know, you get toys and shit on December 6th. My kids hit the fucking jackpot with Lindsay now, because now they get toys on December 6th and December 25th, because they're fucking spoiled. Um, but, so they bring over this tradition of St. Nicholas Day, and, uh, like, Columbus named a Haitian port for St. Nicholas on December 6th, 1492, in Florida, Spaniards named an early uh, settlement, St. Nicholas Ferry, that's now Jacksonville, you know, uh, and, and, and so, you know, again, they bring over St. Nicholas Day, uh, this celebration. But um, also a lot of Protestants are coming over uh, to the New World in America, and especially like in New York City, New Amsterdam, all that kind of, you know, back in the, back in the early days of, of settling America. And the Protestants, after, you know, this uh, uh, Martin Luther and John Calvin and the whole Protestant Reformation from, you know, 1517... That, that pushed away from Catholicism, one of the things that the Protestants did not like was the saints. They felt that took away from the power of Jesus. They didn't like all that Mother Mary shit, and they didn't like the saint stuff. So they wanted nothing to do with St. Nicholas Day, just on the, on the grounds that it's, you know, that almost like idolatry, you know, like uh, worshiping this saint. So they're like, nope, fuck that. We're not doing that. Mm-mm. Uh, but they did want to recognize the birth of Jesus, uh, which was, you know, December 5th, uh, Pope Julius I was who decided it would be December 5th back uh, shortly after 336 AD. That's when Constantine started celebrating uh, the birth of Jesus on December 25th. So 
So there was like, you know, they, they, some people wanted to recognize uh, the birth of Jesus. Some people wanted to recognize St. Nicholas Day. And there was just kind of a lot of discord over how the holidays or how winter should be celebrated in, in America. And um, so, uh, God, sorry, this is all kind of crazy here. So some, so, so some people, like the Catholics, they wanted to go and celebrate, ma- like have mass. They wanted to uh, have the day off of work, like December 5th, to, to celebrate like the birth of Jesus. Uh, some of the Protestants didn't want, uh, think that was uh, a regular holiday. They think it should just be Sunday, and there, and, and there was all this, you know, fucking back and forth. Well, in 1809, I'm, I know I'm kind of being convoluted here, I'm trying to get to it. In 1809, Washington Irving, I had no idea this was a thing. He's the dude who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Rip Van Winkle, among uh, a lot of other works, you know, one of America's first, you know, authors of note. He joins the New York Historical Society, a society that named St. Nicholas as the patron saint of the city of New York and the historical society itself. And in honor of St. Nicholas Day and, you know, the society he just joined, Washington Irving, uh, Irving published the Knickerbocker's History of New York on St. Nicholas Day in 1809, a work of satirical fiction. And in this book, there's numerous references to a jolly St. Nick character who is not a bishop, but a jolly elfin Dutch dude who brings toys down the chimney. The seeds of Santa are being sown. Uh, And then, not that long after, in 1821, the first lithographed book to be published in America, first, like, you know, uh, uh, illustrated book uh, to be published was called The Children's Friend, a a, a New Year's Present to the Little Ones from 5 to 12. It was a booklet containing a poem about Santa, uh, along with eight, you know, hand-colored engravings. It was like 25 cents. The author was this Presbyterian minister, this Stansbury, Arthur Stansbury, uh, Isaac Doolittle, William Armand, Barnett were the lithographers, uh, William Gilly was the publisher. And what makes this important, it contains the first known visual representation of Santa Claus and his sleigh and reindeer. And, and it's a reminder that in 1821, uh, New Year's was still a popular date for Santa's arrival, but then it, it, it moves it over to December 24th. So it changed it to it, it takes it because it's again they're, they're kind of like all over the place in early America, and then this book was like uh, okay December twenty fourth is when Santa the night before you know Jesus's birthday is when he brings everybody presents, and I'm not gonna read anything from the poem because it fucking sucks by today's standards, and uh, and, he, and he's you know kind of a Nordic looking dude because the people writing it are are of Nordic descent and that's how you know, uh, and he's got he's you know fucking uh, the elves are, are gonna come along shortly because in Scandinavia. Uh, where a lot of these people are from, people believe in elves. And sometime around this same era is when people in Scandinavia started like wondering, like, why are these elves uh, living up in the fucking snow? Oh, because they're, they're working with Santa. That's, you know, all this stuff starts happening around the same time. And, uh, and because, uh, oh, and then also, okay, here's when it really gets cemented. 1823, another poem is written, widely circulated. It's A Visit from St. Nicholas, now better known as The Night Before Christmas. It's 1823, uh, the night before Christmas, and the previous uh, story I just mentioned, heavily circulated, heavily, heavily circulated. There's not a lot of other books at that time. And, uh, and because there was no saint, no religious imagery, everyone felt comfortable celebrating this new family holiday. So, you know, in the 1820s is, is when Christmas, uh, is when the date kind of gets locked down, is when Santa, as we know him now, gets fucking uh, uh, born, gets created, and, and that's when Christmas, as we know, gets going. What about Krampus? What about him? Why doesn't he show up, you know? Why, why, why isn't he? Uh, you know, like, when, when did he become associated with, you know, Christmas? And, and the short answer is fucking never. 
he didn't have shit to do with Santa, uh, the way it's commonly known now. In the movies, again, he gets thrown in there because it's all kind of confused with St. Nick. And, uh, <laughs> but in the 17th century, Krampus was tied, again, like I said before, to the Germanic celebration of St. Nicholas. And he was the one who would, you know, come along with him. And now, and now actually, uh, Krampus is, is being, he's kind of having a, a resurgence. Not even, I shouldn't say resurgence, because he was never cool in America until recently. Now there's, like, festivals in, you know, December in, like, Los Angeles and Philly, New York, Toronto, around North America, celebrating Krampus. But really, it's, it, to me, it's kind of like um, it's loosely associated with Christmas because people get it confused because it's actually associated with St. Nick. Um, and really, it's just an excuse to have, like, this kind of Comic-Con type uh, atmosphere where it's just, it's just basically it's just people who want to dress up in demon suits, get drunk, and whip strangers. I'm not fucking kidding. Watch some YouTube videos on Krampus celebrations. And <laughs> it's just people uh, uh, scaring, scaring kids. And, and the reason it, yeah, it wasn't popular before, the reason it never got associated with the, the early Santa stuff is because it's fucking scary. You know, uh, in colonial America, um, you know, the puritanical roots, people don't want to hear about a goat monster fucking whipping kids and taking them to hell, possibly eating them, throwing them in a fucking sack. You know, Legend of Sleepy Hollow, you know, that featured a headless horseman, but that's about as dark as they got. That's, that's, a, that's a far cry from a goat demon draped in chains. And so he stayed in Europe. He stayed in the dark woods of Bavaria, uh, for the most part, where he belonged, uh, which just made me think about, like, Germans for a second. What the fuck? Last, last uh, couple centuries, they just they can't get shit right. You know, they started two world wars, Holocaust, and they uh, insist on giving jolly old St. Nick a fucking demon sidekick. Um, and there are people that take him seriously uh, over in Europe. I'm making fun of him, but there's an argument kind of for him where it's like, well, you know, naughty kids should, should have incentive to, uh, to be good. You know, he, Santa should have a counterpart. Shouldn't all just be fun and festive. <laughs> should be, you know, like, you know, if you're, if you're a good kid, you get the fun and festive. If you're a bad kid, you get the whip. So, uh, so there you go. So, um, Let's get into some weird facts. I, I, I have some other stuff that doesn't really fit into a narrative. It's just shit I want to share with you. So, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Weird facts. Weird facts. Okay, here's, here's the weird... Uh, I, got, I got four of these. Weird Krampus fact number one is... Um, I, I did mention this earlier, I guess, but, but some legends say that I just... It's crazy to me that Krampus actually eats the misbehaving kids. Like, there's a postcard from the 19th century that I'll put on timesuckpodcast.com that shows Krampus with a bunch of human hearts in a wicker basket on his back, and he's roasting three more hearts over an open fire, uh, which I assume are kids' hearts. How would you like to get that fucking card from your uncle? Hope your kids are being good. Old Krampus is ready to rip your fucking heart out and eat it if you're not. I was trying to do, a, I was trying to do some kind of Scandinavian accent. As if, as if life isn't hard enough for kids in the 19th century. You know, your little brother Timmy has polio. You've got rickets or some other disease that affected people before grocery stores and vitamins were around. Your mom died last year in childbirth, you know, popping out your little sister Greta, who almost died of the whooping cough two weeks ago. You know, your dad's tilling some field. He's fucking never plays with you because he's exhausted. And now you got to worry about a goddamn Christmas demon fucking taking you to hell or eating your heart. Ah, it's crazy. Okay. Uh, another thing I learned, uh, a second thing. Weird fact is Krampus, if I, I guess I'm using the term facts very loosely because all this stuff is just legend. Uh, Krampus isn't the only Christmas monster. Um, there's also, for example, the funniest other one I found is the Icelandic Yule Cat. I'm not making this up. 
There is a character uh, tied to Icelandic tradition uh, in which those who finished their work on time received new clothes for Christmas, while those who were lazy did not. And to encourage children to work hard, parents told the tale of the Yule Cats, saying that the Yule Cat could tell who the lazy children were because they did not have at least one new item of clothing for Christmas. And then these kids were sacrificed to the Yule Cat. <laughs> so if you're lazy, uh, you didn't get new clothes, and then you were murdered to pay tribute to a fucking Nordic cat. And it looks like a house cat. It looks just like a weird house cat. Fuck that. Uh, like, if these were real, if Krampus and the Yule Cat were both real, I'd be terrified of the chain-wielding Krampus, but I wouldn't give two shits about Yule Cat. I'd stomp the fuck out of a Yule Cat before getting sacrificed. All right, weird fact number three. Uh, I watched a video of Krampus Parade when dudes dressed up as Krampuses would just, like, randomly grab onlookers and just beat them with a big old birch stick. So if you're thinking about going to these, one of these festivities, make sure you, you know what you're getting into. It's, it's, it's a lot of drunk dudes uh, carrying sticks uh, and people who have put a lot of work into dressing up like a, a demon. If that isn't a recipe for violent trouble, I don't know what is. You know, guys who spend an inordinate amount of time putting together a Krampus costume, because it's not like you can just go to the store. and It's not like they're wearing like cheesy costumes. These things are like Hollywood-level costumes, and now they're drunk roaming... <laughs> Roaming the streets with birch sticks. It's pretty funny shit on some of these videos. They just start beating, like, random people. Uh, and, and also, this is so random to me. There is a stop-motion animated Krampus Carol on YouTube written by none other than the food guy, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, you can find this. It's, uh, it's this, like, little cartoon where these two kids are licked by Krampus. They're beaten with a stick, and then they're thrown into his Krampus bag <laughs> to be taken to hell. Uh, I'm going to put a link uh, to that at timesuckpodcast.com in the episode description. And it was supposed to air as part of this Travel Channel holiday special in 2011, but the, the Travel Channel execs found it to be too disturbing. Hilarious. So there you go. That was some weird facts. Weird facts. Okay, so, so yeah, so, this, so there, there we go. There's Krampus. Uh, and again, before I get into the, uh, the top five uh, takeaways, um, it's just funny to me. The funniest thing about Krampus that, that when I learned is that uh, a lot of people in, like, the Czech Republic and things really argue, especially on some YouTube videos, they're, like, in favor of this guy. Like, they, 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 they like this tradition. Um, you know, they, they think it's good for kids. And, and I guess there is some argument for that because really in, in, in a lot of these places – Krampus goes after kids who aren't getting the Christmas spirit, you know, who are, who are not being generous, who just want, like, the commercial version. They just want toys and stuff. Krampus is like, no, no, this isn't about just fucking toys. You either be good, you be a jolly Christmas kid, and, you know, and happy with what you get and, and good with your parents, or you get fucking beaten with a stick. And I don't, I don't think the modern ones push the hell angle as much. I think it's more just like Krampus is going to give you a piece of coal, uh, which is another thing in some traditions, by the way, I forgot to reference earlier, uh, Krampus would be, the, would be the one to bring the coal. So, you know, so I, I know that kind of got uh, brought over to America where you get, like, coal in your stocking. Well, in some places of the world, Krampus was, you had a fucking horned goat devil putting that in your stocking. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just disagree, though, that, <laughs> that you need this demon to teach your kids uh, how to be happy about stuff for Christmas. I, I, feel like, I feel like if you've gotten to that point where your kids aren't going to behave unless they truly believe that they will be taken to hell by a goat demon 
I think you fucked up earlier in your parenting. I think you didn't set consistent limits. You didn't have enough open communication about why we're good. You didn't, you know, you didn't spend enough time with them or something. If you've got, yeah, I don't think you, you need to, you should need a monster to get your kids to behave. That, that's just me. All right, without further ado, this episode's running long as they always do. Let's get into some top five takeaways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. All right, number one. Sometimes Krampus uh, would take kids to hell for just a year, and then uh, I guess just give them back to their parents. Just really think about that. Think about that. That was a big part of this legend, is that Krampus would throw you in his sack and he'd take you to hell for a year. Just like return you the next, you know, uh, St. Nicholas Eve. Maybe Maybe that's, you know, how we got Hitler. You know, he's part of the fucking region where this, this stuff was going on, where Krampus stories were being told. I, I just don't think spending a year in hell is a good way to work on staying on the good list. Like, if you can survive a year in hell as a kid, uh, you're either catat- catatonic when you get back, or you're fucking unbreakable. You don't spend a year in hell and then just become, like, an accountant or a loving father or tavern owner, or, you know, when you grow up or something, you know? Have, have you met Johan? Ah, good dude. Apparently he was real shit as a kid, but then he went, to, went away for a year, and he's been a perfect angel ever since. No, nah, nah. <laughs> you're, you're going to be a monster when you come back. Okay, number two. Check out a Christmas horror story on Netflix if you haven't. Uh, I wouldn't recommend to see it in the theater, but it's a decent holiday movie, a horror holiday movie for sure. Uh, or at least watch the Santa versus Krampus fight scene on YouTube. Number three. Uh, Americans made up Santa. USA! USA! Who knew? I thought for sure it would be Swiss. I don't know why I thought that. I thought for sure it would be Swiss. Maybe just because he's jolly and he likes chocolate. And he has a big-ass fucking beard. Or maybe, or like Norwegian, Scandinavia or something. Nope, New York City. Who? New York City. I would have never guessed that Santa came from New York City. Um, yeah, and he got to start there because, you know, people thought St. Nick was just too Catholic-y. So there you go. Number four, uh, both Christmas stockings and Santa, if you trace, back, uh, trace them back far enough, are Catholic in origin. So think about that, fundamentalists. Bitch about the Pope ruining the Bible all you want. But, you know, your kids are catholic it up every Christmas morn. Number five. Most importantly, uh, Krampus's, uh, Krampus is Santa's child-licking, child-beating, kidnapping, demonic sidekick. Never forget that. Never, ever forget that, especially when you're trying to fall asleep on Christmas Eve. Are those reindeer hooves on the roof? Maybe. Or maybe they're a fucking Christmas demon, right, coming to take your soul. Time suck. Top five takeaways. So there you have it. Now, now, hopefully, you know what Krampus is. Probably a lot more about Santa as well. I feel like I got a little meandering. I apologize in the middle of that one. I try to, I try to give a slick, I try to give a slick tale, but there's just, there's so much info. That's what I've learned about doing all these time sucks. Is I think I can stick to one narrative, and there's so much other shit. You just keep getting pulled. <laughs> Uh, as I knew, I guess as I knew I would, I mean, that's the whole fucking premise of this podcast. It, it is, uh, I could spend just the rest of my life on some of these episodes. It feels like. Because, you know, you start reading about Krampus, then you start reading about St. Nick, and then you start reading about Santa, and then you start reading about fucking Czech Republic, you know? And then you're watching video after video of kids getting scared by people in costumes, and then you're laughing a lot, and then you're having some drinks, and then you're watching more of those videos, because it is pretty funny. But yeah, uh, hopefully, though, you, you did take away some cool stuff. And again, uh, in this warm and fuzzy holiday spirit of Krampus, I do want to thank all of you for continuing to listen. And again, I want to thank all the new Pandora listeners, uh, so excited about that. Uh, every time I see the numbers bump up, uh, every time I see uh, a new review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you leave them, I, I just get so happy. Uh, and I feel like, you know, this is something that 
uh, has legs. This is something that can continue on and that you will enjoy. And just as a reminder, um, you know, tell your friends and family about it. You know, rate it on iTunes if you haven't. And if, if we get eight more ratings, we're at 92 as I record this. Uh, like I said before on a previous episode, every hundred ratings I get, there is going to be a bonus episode. So you get two the following week after a hundred ratings have been reached. So we're very close. So, you know, get in the holiday spirit. Give me the gift of a rating. I'll give you the gift of a fucking bonus horrific episode on something else as evil and despicable as Krampus. And, uh, and finally, thanks for all the topic suggestions. The list is, is really growing long. There's some really good stuff on there. Uh, so many, so many, so much good stuff. Um, one of them that I just keep thinking about every time I think about topics is uh, President Johnson showing his dick in the White House. That, that, I got I to gotta see if there's enough meat out there on the web uh, to make that a full episode. But apparently, one of our presidents uh, was notorious, amongst other things, for whipping his dick out uh, the, during, you know, around, like, you know, senior officials. Just, yeah, just check, out, check out my, yeah, apparently he had a big dick, and he liked to show it around. Unbelievable. Leader of the free world. So anyway, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, lock your doors. That might not be reindeer that you are hearing. It might be goddamn Krampus. His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful, but we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.